welcome independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind, the shadow citizen. Shadow citizen will explore the shadows of an alternate reality. Your hosts, Rachel L. McIntosh and Rob Bosell. We made it another week. Hello, everybody. This week on Shadow Citizen, we're going to continue last week's important discussion on geoengineering and 5G. I'm Rachel L. McIntosh. I'm your host of Shadow Citizen. And tonight's special guests are Jolie Diane, who was with us last week, to talk about Rhode Island's H6001, which is the only anti-geoengineering bill of this type in the country. And we'll also be joined a little bit later with Susan Clark. Um, Susan Clark has done a decade of research at Harvard School of Public Health as research assistant. And she has a very, it's kind of famous at this point, um, a presentation that she did called Safe Technology is Smart Technology. Microwave radiation does not belong in our children's schools. And I'll put a link to that. Um, and we're going to end up talking about not only the geoengineering that you see with the airplanes that are flying over, um, leaving, you know, cl- cl- trails in the sky. And then there's this other aspect to it that links in with um, radiation that many people don't know about. And mostly I want to have uh, Jolie Diane back on first, if I can. Um, I've got both of them on the line with me right now. And hi, Rachel. Hi, hi, is this Jolie? Yeah, hi, how's it yeah. going? Good, I'm so glad to have you back on. I was really, really excited to have that conversation with you last week, and since then, I've thought a lot about what we've talked about, and I know we need to do this show in more depth, because you and I have talked a little bit since then, and I realize the people in Rhode Island, not only the rest of the world, need to understand a little bit deeper what is going on with this geoengineering stuff. So I'm glad to have you back, Jolie. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's, it's so important for people to know about what's happening in terms of this invasive technology, and we are looking at uh, geoengineering and 5G both as polluting emissions. So it's important just to have that as our center of gravity when looking at these programs. Um, so, yeah, it's really great to be back here with you and, and with Susan. Um, and I just wanted to kind of pull up an older document from the 1960s, and it's from the uh, National Science Foundation. And it kind of is the, um, well, it's the center of gravity of what all of these space weather technologies are for. So I'm just going to pull that up here. And, um, yeah, Rhode Island 6011 is the mechanism to confront these technologies. Um, and so it's very important that we do so. And uh, this document that I'm talking about is called the Report of the Special Commission on Weather Modification, and it's from the National Science Foundation in 1965. 
And they're talking specifically about weather and climate modification. And that's also known as rainmaking. So we see the cloud seeding in the skies and um, with the exhaust emissions pollution from the aircraft. And this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to manipulate the weather by adding pollution. And so uh, people can go to Zero Geoengineering and look up this document that I'm referring to. It's Weather and Climate Modification Report that, of that's, the Special Commission. I'm sorry. That's zero, ZeroGeoengineering.com or org? ZeroGeoengineering.com. Dot com. Okay. And they're going to look at which document? It's called the Weather and Climate Modification. Okay. And it's... It's a report of the Special Commission on Weather Modification, the National Science Foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's a government document, basically, and they're referencing in this document the foundations of these programs. So I really suggest that everyone take a look when they have a moment and just go through this document, and it just basically talks about um, all the parameters of what we're seeing now in terms of how to modify the weather, and it's a big business. It's um, a military has military purposes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would I would encourage people to go and, and look through that document and, and all of them over at Zero Geoengineering. Um, it's just a few of the documents that people can see, so they can get a sense of the history of these programs. It's really not a new thing. And okay. another great site to go to would be weathermodificationhistory.com. Oh, that's a good one. Weathermodificationhistory.com. Okay. Yeah. That's another great one. Just to go do some research and get familiar with the uh, context of these programs. Um, and, yeah, that's a great start for people. Because um, we were talking about how just people, uh, we just don't know about, these programs, you know, um, for a lot of us, oh, it's new. Right. Why is that, Jolie? Because quite frankly, I remember a couple of years ago, I was one of those people. I would hear people talking about chemtrails and I'd, and I'd be looking out my window and I'd say, no, no, my father was a pilot. That's not a chemtrail. I don't even know what a chemtrail is. That's a contrail coming out of a plane and people would be pointing to them. And then I don't know what exactly happened. I think it was the day I went outside. I had my um I had my sunglasses on because I have to have sunglasses on that are prescription to see far away. And um it was raining out and I had my sunglasses on and I looked up in the sky and I could see those trails going through the sky and I took my sunglasses off and I couldn't see them and I put them back on and I realized it's because my sunglasses were polarized. And I was like, wait a second, that's to for the glare. I was like, some, there's something on that line that's reflecting light that's making me notice it with my sunglasses on. So I took my, I ran outside and I got my camera and I put my sunglasses in front of my camera and away from my camera. I was like, wait a second, there's something reflecting light in that line. And that's the, when I became aware that something was being squirted out of airplanes to affect the yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, we know, I mean, any of us who are over 30 know what the sky is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be blue um, and unpolluted. Um, the 
degree of these operations has increased dramatically over the last 30 years or so. Um, but exactly, people want to know what is going on in the sky. And um, my first um, learning about this was with Clifford Carnicom's um, work, um, Aerosol Crimes is a video that you should check out, and Cloud Cover. And Mr. Carnicom has done so much amazing research. Uh, he's basically a pioneer in this field of study. And, um, and, and a, you know, someone who cares very much and has been working very hard to try to expose these programs. He worked at the Department of Defense. Uh, that's carnicominstitute.org. And I would encourage everyone to, you know, do some research over there, too. Um, Mr. Carnicom told me that, because um, I, I, too, was wondering, what am I looking at up here? What are we talking about? And he told me that, you know, using um, the term aerosol, is effective because he pointed out to me that the uh, court admissibility of terms is an issue when we want to litigate against these programs. And so that's sort of the um, the maze that we have been in trying to um, confront these programs um, because in um, – the term chemtrail is not a court admissible term. Um, it was used in a document in 2001. Dennis Kucinich um, introduced the um, Space Preservation Act, H.R. 2977, I believe. And that specifically was talking about space weapons, and he was trying to stop space weapons. And um, th the word chemtrail was used. And then, unfortunately, the whole um, bill was thrown out because it wasn't a court-admissible term. So oh, that, like, see, that's really so, important. That's we haven't important. had our day in court, yeah, because they said, no, that, that's not a real thing. That's just a conspiracy. Next. And so that's, that's how it happened. And so that's why, yeah, I mean, it's chemical dumps. Um, the Air Force says it. It's shaft. I mean, there's a number of different things because there's many different programs that people are doing. There's... You know, some programs, Weather Modification Incorporated, where you can make sure your wedding day is, you know, not rainy. Um, really? Wait, wait, let me get my yeah. <laughs> I should have told yeah. my sister about that one. Okay. No. Yeah. Wow. I didn't uh, know that I mean, at all. Weather Modification Incorporated, or Inc., it might be just INC. Right. Um, and then, you know, the use of, of um, weather modification was used in Vietnam, the Ho Chi Minh Trail, when they flooded it out. And then, of course, they sprayed all kinds of poisons, um, Agent Orange, on the population and the vegetation there, and it's a very bad crime. So these programs originated out of war machinery. And um, that that's why we're here, you know, drawing the line and saying no, because basically this is a, an assault on our environment. Well, and, let alone um, my, yeah. me. It's an assault on me. Exactly. We are the environment. We are part of the environment. We are not separate from that. And, you know, I've noticed in science a lot, they try to keep things compartmentalized. Um, you know, no, we can't look at anything else other than this, you know, the carbon factor as it has been. But, you know, the, the, the earth is a, a living organism and it's an, you know, everything is interconnected. So if you put something in the air, we are all part of that. 
we're all part of it, you know. So, again, that's why we're calling out these crimes. It's environmental crimes. And um, hats off to Rhode Island and yeah. Representative Price uh, for being yeah. the first oh, state to really. I want to bring Susan in right now for a minute. I want to bring her in because she's oh, worked yeah. on the bill in Rhode Island. And in Rhode Island, we've had a stint, a horrible stint of rain since April. All of May, it was April, all of May, June, even yesterday it rained. And today's the first day it sort of looks sunny in a while. And I don't think that's any sort of um, coincidence that President Trump signed, what was the one that he signed, H353, which basically said it's for um, space, was it space weather research? Yes. Space weather research and forecasting. Uh huh. So I, and that's the other thing too. They call this space weather as opposed to just right, regular weather. They're talking about space weather. So I want to talk to Susan because she's here and she's she actually helped compose that bill that we're talking about. Well, not, yeah, not not H three fifty three. That was the no, 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 not that one. Um, no, I helped with the Rhode Island, Island bill, the Rhode Island six eleven. <laughs> Right. Uh, certainly. Yeah, of course, calling something space weather is misrepresentative in a number of different levels. I think Julie is right on target when she refers to geoengineering because that's what is acknowledged by all the powers that be that they actually are doing. And as she says, this comes out of war. It comes out of military intelligence interests. And uh, and it's, it's, it involves assault on living beings at base. That's what it's all about. Indeed, I could actually, I think I could prove that at base it's a general assault on intentioned or purpose toward eco-genocide. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a big word right there, genocide. Eco-genocide. Yeah. 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 That's, so, that's but that's, that's another thing <laughs> that we could get into. But certainly it does originate from war interests. And uh, what the state of Rhode Island is interested in doing is saying, look, if, if uh, someone is, is interested in engaging in one of these countless uh, geoengineering activities that involve profound effects upon Earth's atmosphere and then consequently to Earth's surface uh, and potentially even beyond that, then uh, they have to have a license at least to do that. And if they don't have a license, then they can pay the state half a million dollars for engaging in activity that has profound consequences to Rhode Island, to its economy, to its agriculture, to its coastal regions, its fisheries, its forests, and its people and their health and productivity and safety. Um, so they can they can pay us a half a million dollars for each geoengineering event that they engage in um, if they fail to get licensed. So in other words, the licensing procedure then is required to prove that this is something that's good and necessary for Rhode Island before it goes ahead. So in your mind, could there be good things that come out of geoengineering? I have to smile. I can't conceive of one, but um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think that um, Earth really needs to be restored, um, and Earth's system itself, which is, the you know, it's a biosystem, the biosystem can be restored by uh, humans leaving it alone rather than trying to change more things. So where there are contaminants um, that can be removed to a place that is more contained, maybe, 
but that's not what geoengineering in any case is purpose to do in, in, in all of the um, various programs that I've at least learned about individually. Um, perhaps someone has something I haven't thought about. <laughs> Can I want to ask another question, too. How did you come up with the sum of five, what was it, half a million dollars? How did you come oh, up that's with that? A, that's an easy one. Uh, the person who, uh, someone else had a, drafted some initial version of the bill saying that a fine should be $500. Look at the economic consequences of just one day of having the atmosphere filled with chaff, sulfur dioxide, all sorts of other things that Jolie can tell you about, and then also being contaminated by electromagnetic radiation in various ways. And think of what that does across the state to agriculture, to human health, productivity. The, the effects are profound. That Rhode Island is losing easily more than that. Yeah, I think that's too cheap. <laughs> sure. I mean, if you want to take it up to a million... The, quite frankly, the houses here are very expensive comparatively to other parts of the country, even though our state is basically going bankrupt. Um, the the houses and the cost of living here isn't cheap. Right. So I'd, I'd, is that, I'd make it more expensive. That's just me yeah. if I rule the world. <laughs> well, it's a but, great way to do that because then you can, you can be generating money for the state and be like Alaska where they give each of their – citizens a stipend every month from the um, oil. But, see, in this case, it would be from the fine. You know, you dole it out equally among everybody. And then, we, you know, we're going to go after the real problem, which is the polluters. And, um, really yeah, I think idea. it's people, people would support that because a lot of people are, you know, the economy isn't doing so great in Rhode Island. And a lot of people, I think, would come out and support this bill if it did have some sort of payout like that. Well, keep yeah. in mind, however, that that payout is tied to damage to the biosystem. In other words, you get the payout. Well, exactly. The damage out. Okay. So, so please keep in mind that what we're what we're trying to do is to avoid damage primarily. Okay. That's that's what has to stop. Why? Because the value of the biosystem, whether that's uh, agriculture crops or, or, or forest being left alone or people being able to do their jobs because they can think and function and, and they have some health, that is all that, all those values of nature that are sort of uh, hard to name in, in a way. We're not taught how to value nature as indigenous peoples always did. That value is far more important than any money. It's what will sustain Rhode Island and keep it in existence into the future. Without that, Rhode Island will cease to exist financially and otherwise. Right. We so are based this, in, this, grounded in the biosphere. That's the, it's this biosystem that allows for any human life to take place. Right. So this this bill itself, it's not technically anti-geoengineering because it's it's basically coming to grips with this is going on and it has been going on but now we're going to take it into our own hands to control this well no i wouldn't put it that way at all i oh, think how would you that do this it? bill is saying this bill is saying that um it's saying wherever there is harmful activity 
then that should not happen, and no one can get a license if it is harmful activity to not only nature but also to the Rhode Island economy. If it's harmful, then it can't happen. It can't be licensed. But if somebody goes up and does that from a plane or by some other means anyway, well, then they must be fined half a million dollars. Uh, At least, the very least. And I think that we should find out when they've done it before and find the paperwork for how long they've been doing it because Bill Gates and these people, Carnegie, have invested in this environmental destruction that we all have damage from, whether it's our respiratory systems, um, you know, immune systems, whatever. We don't get enough vitamin D anymore. You know, I think most importantly, what people always forget to mention is the neuro effects, which are first and foremost. When the atmosphere, for example, is contaminated with strange uh, or man-made electromagnetic radiation, nobody can quite think right. Some people have headaches. Other people who are, who are prone to seizures will have seizures. People can't focus. They may have um, uh, inability to be calm and find, uh, and even, if the, even people, let's say, who meditate, they won't be able to meditate because they're just agitated. That level of agitation and also zombification, frankly, are what come from electromagnetic geoengineering. I'm smiling because I've had two instances of this. Right here in my family, we have a thing called fuzzy head syndrome. And we just, like, <laughs> there's certain days where you just, all of us are like, I really can't think straight. And we just thought right. it was just and kind so of a family you thing. Notice, and then, exactly. And notice how that is expressed. It's The sentence started with I, right, or we. In other yeah. words, there's an implication that of blaming the victim Right when that really is induced exogenously, it's induced by external factors. Yes, and I had this other experience where, and I'll tell you exactly when this was. It was the day President Obama got elected in two. It was two thousand seven, right? Because it was two thousand eight. He got elected, and he won the he won the he won the election, and right across the sky. The whole entire sky that evening at sunset was covered with these with these trails and the sun was setting and the whole entire sky was red. And I brought the kid's dad out to look at it. And I said, you know, this is this is what these people are talking about. This isn't normal. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And he's not any sort of conspiracy person or anything like that. He just couldn't believe it. And then shortly thereafter, a couple days later, they did it again, and it was noticeable again for the kid's dad and I. And the whole entire neighborhood was fighting that night. Everybody was fighting. You could hear every family fighting. It was the craziest thing. We were in a fight about spaghetti or something, and the whole neighborhood was like in a crazy – it was the craziest thing. I'll never forget that. Yes, so agitation and zombification, fuzziness. Yeah. As primary immediate neuro effects. We've had that. You know, let's, let's keep in mind, too, that uh, where you have metals being placed in the atmosphere, then you've got a much more conductive atmosphere. When those metals are then absorbed by human and animal and plant bodies, and then the plant and animal bodies, unfortunately, are then eaten by humans, the human's metallic content of the body increases strikingly 
making the human body then even more conductive, even more absorbent of electromagnetic radiation, and therefore even more reactive to whatever electromagnetic radiation geoengineering activities are taking place, including those that are, in a sense, ground-based, such as, uh, and these are included in the Rhode Island Bill, by the way, um, uh, implicitly, uh, but this could include uh, uh, cell towers, masts, antennas, uh, for uh, communications and, and uh, military systems. So, yeah, these these have profound effects on people. Yeah, I I, I saw just recently that in um, the UK, the number one cause of death in women is dementia, and I mm-hmm. is that connected? It is. I, I should add that with regard to dementia, many dimensions are in part induced by way of perfume and hairspray usage and also usage of certain household chemicals by women. Um, so when you're talking about women who are, you know, 60 to 90 years of age um, and, and huge increases in dementia, uh, worldwide, but, it, but particularly in uh, the so-called developed world, um, a lot of that has to do with uh, personal chemical usage for cosmetics and maintenance cleaning. Mm. And then you add to that now the new electromagnetic factors that hadn't existed in the environment. Okay, so that's this uh, 5G, right? Is this what we're talking and is that, that I saw that with variety. Not really. HC yeah, or? Not really. Yeah, that, that's oh. not really accurate. Um, there have been different generations or Gs, right, of wireless, right. Uh, 2G, 3G. 4G involves, you know, Wi-Fi and mobile systems. And then 5G is a completely different thing. Um, all of this radiation is completely different from cosmic radiation, from that which we get from the sun. Um, all of that radiation is analog, a nice, curvy sine wave, right? Um, however, all of this radiation that we're talking about now, including even radio, FM, AM, radio, shortwave, uh, uh, and uh, TV, uh, is not analog. It's digital. It's pulsed, it's pulse modulated. In some cases, uh, FM means frequently, frequency modulated, uh, and then uh, AM means amplitude modulated. Um, amplitude modulation, for example, is where the intensity of the signal goes up and down and up and down, not in a regular way, but in an irregular way, and that um, pattern is actually what allows people to carry information uh, or content that is then sort of decoded on the other end uh, in the form of a radio. Um, pulse modulation is an, a form of amplitude modulation where the signal goes completely off between spikes of radiation. And pulse modulation is much worse on the body uh, because of these spikes. It's like uh, a signal that goes on, on. On, 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 except many times per second. And then you have many, many of these signals differently, differentially uh, together simultaneously hitting people. And the thing is we can't perceive these spikes consciously. 
but our brain feels them. Our brain is reacting to them. Our central nervous system is always reacting to them, as is every cell in our body. And so what we don't realize is that we're being hit, 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 hit by all of these things. These create the behavioral agitation that is observed. Uh, they create a lack of attention and focus that people can't help but is the norm nowadays. Um, and they also create fatigue because this stuff is ve- that's very, very wearing. So people are at once fatigued and agitated. From this, from these spikes of radiation. This is the digital world, which involves spikes instead of a nice curvy wave. So when engineers, for example, or physicists think, oh, well, you know, we get a lot more intensity of sunlight on a sunny day at noon than we do from this, like, they're completely they're speaking just with with either such ignorance or contempt uh, that it's it's hard to decide which um, because uh, yeah it's it can't be uh, analog sine wave can't be compared with pulse modulated and frequency modulated wave. So you brought something up about how it's agitating. Does this like you said it's the digital age? And people are putting their kids on drugs to keep them focused. And are those drugs going to do anything? Well, first of all, I object to the whole term digital age. How dare someone come and and dictate to us that we are now living in a digital age, so you better comply and you better be part of it. Why? That's really, I, I use that word dictatorial intentionally. Uh, that's a characterization that, people actually should question and say, wait a minute, do I want to do that? Do I want to be part of that? I don't have to be a part of that, do I? I really? Why Why should my body be hit up with all of these spikes of radiation many times, many even thousands of times per second? People should be thinking that way. Like, right. no, I don't want to live in the digital age. I want to be in a natural age. I want to be in an analog age. It's interesting, even the singer Paul McCartney um, pointed out that how... To his ears, digital CD quality of sound is objectionable, and he doesn't understand how other people can really tolerate it. You know, he would rather go back to, I shouldn't say back, but forward to analog sound, which would be in the form of vinyl records. And indeed, you know, there are some stores now that are selling vinyl yeah, records. Yeah, it's kind of making a comeback. It sure is. Sure is. Yeah. People are doing because it. Because of... Because it's how our system functions. We are, at base, analog biological beings, as is all nature. We can't tolerate this pulse-modulated stuff. Right. So back to my original question, the medicines that the parents are putting their kids on, is that going to help the kids at all? No, it won't. It has no benefit for the child. It has only a supposed benefit for society, for the people around that child. And, in fact, the child will be ruined by that medicine. If you look at the adverse effects, I don't like to call them side effects, right? That's part of an industry speak, too, right? Side effects. No, excuse me. Scientifically, they are adverse effects. And some of them are very harmful indeed. And, and some of them even include death, Right. At least early death, everyone who takes those medications is going to be less functional and will die earlier than he or she would have. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's something. <laughs> that's that's good information, and people should pay attention to that because 
Yeah. A lot. Yeah. But, but you know, there are. Back, I want to say something too about, cause I know you did your presentation about, um, our, not RFID, but the, um, frequencies in the public schools. Now, how is that going? That whole campaign of getting rid of the uh, Wi-Fi in schools. Right. And, and I don't call this frequencies, by the way. This is radiation. And it radiation. needs to be called okay. radiation with a capital R. This is radiation. People need to understand it's radio frequency radiation. In fact, Wi-Fi is microwave radiation. Microwave radiation is the portion of the radio frequency spectrum that is that has always been understood to be most harmful. Why? Because the wavelengths are in the size of life, as I call it. Anything from a meter down to less than a millimeter. So you're talking about, you know, by definition, 39 inches down to, you know, fraction of tiny fraction of an inch. So these, um, and the important concept here is that as a wavelength approaches body part size, the absorption, <clears throat> pardon me, of the radiation in that body part increases exponentially. So that, in a sense, it doesn't even matter how much or how little radiation is, harmful radiation, man-made Radiation is out in the environment. If you have some pulse-modulated radiation from a neighbor who's kind of far away and, you, and it's barely measurable in your own home or apartment, if that radiation is at a wavelength that approximates important organs in your body, you're going to absorb much, much more of it. So it doesn't matter that the signal is purportedly at a low intensity. And low intensity is not correct either. Some of the engineers use that term. But low compared to what? Scientifically, what can we compare to? The only real scientific comparison is to natural background levels. So in schools, we have intensities that are hundreds of trillions of times higher than natural background levels that kids are being exposed to. And those, and that radiation, it's there are usually two different wavelengths that are used for Wi-Fi. One of them is about six inches, and the other's a little less, like maybe about three inches, so or five or six inches, something like that, and then three inches. In other words, these are wavelengths that very closely approximate dimensions of children's heads and brains, and heart, and liver, and lungs, and thyroid, and thymus, and genitalia. Okay. Not just children's, everybody's, but the, the worst problem yet for children is that because their skulls haven't fully developed, the radiation is even much more penetrable. And even IEEE, the Institute for Electrical and Electronic Engineers, pointed this out to the world about 15 years ago uh, in, with pictures so that everybody could see graphically. Children absorb much more of this radiation. And so people wonder why they're not so-called well-behaved or why they cannot focus no matter how well you quote-unquote discipline them or how how much you care for them and love them and maybe give them some medicine that's supposed to help but hurts, it won't work. The only thing that works is removing the Wi-Fi. Now, yesterday, I believe it was, there were hearings in Massachusetts on several bills, state bills, um, regarding Wi-Fi in schools, and unfortunately, the people who wrote those bills didn't write them so as to get rid of Wi-Fi in schools. They just sort of wanted to modify it a little bit so it would be a little different, so maybe not quite as harmful, but they didn't say get Wi-Fi out of schools because we have a completely different and less expensive and energy-saving alternative, which is wired, internet, quoted, internet, 
You see, our bodies are built in, in a sense, cords, right? Our, our nerves are cords that are surrounded by really nice stuff called myelin that protects the signal inside. We are electrical beings, and when these electrons flow at the speed of light in our bodies through our nerves, then we're able to see and hear and, and perceive and taste and, and move in the environment and speak and learn and function. All of these things are based in electricity and even electromagnetism. So when we have these irregular man-made digital pulse modulated signals at intensities trillions of times higher than natural background levels that are being absorbed optimally by our brains, hearts, and other key organs, and even more so in children, our fate is sealed. And that's why the only thing that we can do is stop wireless radiation of all kinds. In our home, we have no wireless. Everything is corded. Nothing right. See, is I, in my, in my house, energy. We have Wi-Fi, and I'm sitting here saying, wow, this is horrible. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a second. Do I want to get rid of the Wi-Fi in my house? Because I really don't. But at the same time, I'm listening to you. I'm like, I've got to. You must. Yeah, just yeah. get it wired. Yeah. And the thing is, see, this is not just what's happening in a moment in time either. They like us to think that, right? Oh, Well, at this moment in time, you've got your Wi-Fi on, blah, blah, blah. You're getting this intensity. And they don't do the scientific thing, which is the reality, which is that you've got to multiply that then by 24, 7, 365, forever. Now, when you do that multiplication, guess what happens to living bodies? They, they just back, like you, you just backfire. They must break down. Yeah. They're breaking down in the moment. In the moment, every cell is being affected. I was at the uh, Temple University Biophysics Lab, I think it was back in 2000, was invited there by the director, who was a prominent researcher, uh, who had brought in the top Russian scientists to uh, to work on various research projects. And I just want to point out that the Russians knew this science better and earlier than anyone in the world. Okay? Eastern Europe was far advanced compared to the Western world. Um, the earliest known study is by Moot in 1927, and he showed way back then that microwave radiation, even at the levels such as that are less than what you find in a typical school from Wi-Fi and whiteboards and so forth, that that radiation created what he called the pearl chain formation phenomenon. And this is where the fats or lipids inside, he studied human breast milk, the fats inside the breast milk would line up in what was like a pearl chain, like a necklace. And that can be, you know, we can think of, oh, well, that's kind of a nice thing. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Well, that's not an adverse thing, is it? Well, it is adverse because internally in the body, then, the fats are lining up in ways that they shouldn't and that prevent uh, proper metabolism and that 
perhaps are helping to lead to the extraordinary obesity levels that we're seeing in society. Who knows, right? That connection hasn't necessarily quite been made yet, but he made that pearl chain formation observation as far back as 1927. Well, the Russians picked up right away, and they were researching that. They even thought in the or were they were pursuing the hypothesis in the 1930s that centimeter microwave radiation, okay, so that would be from about a half an inch to, you know, um, a meter or, or a yardstick, perhaps you could think, uh, if you're thinking in the either in the European or the American system, um, that that type of range of radiation, they thought that was the mechanism of psychic or intuitive activity. They understood that anything that sort of would resonate with dimensions of the human brain and of the human body would be very potent. And indeed, they were correct that it's optimally absorbed in a body part of approximately that size. Indeed. Oh, go ahead. Continue. Well, as the... As the radiation, like as a wavelength approaches a body part size, it not only increases exponentially, but then it increases exponentially toward resonance, where the body part becomes an antenna, effectively an antenna. It's completely absorbent. It's buzzing with it. So, for example, and FCC the U.S. government, you know, the Federal Communications Commission is very well aware of this, and it's the reason why they always super highly regulated anything that approached the height of a man, like half the height of a man to a two times the height of a man. In that range, oh boy, there had to be much less radiation of that sort in the environment, because what would happen if an RF, a radio frequency engineer, went up on top of a building or on top of a tower to change out an antenna or fix fix something, and accidentally one of the other antennas on the top of that building or tower were still on, even though they were supposed to have been turned off, that guy could so easily get fried just because of his height and because of the uh, wavelengths that were being uh, emitted by those antennas or deployed by those antennas. So this is why it's super important that there be no radiation in microwave radiation sizes, which are the size of life, the size of also not just organs in the body, but other body parts, and then ultimately cells and organelles within cells. So what happens now with what's coming, right, uh, or what they intend to come, or what they're bringing already in some municipalities It's called DAS, Distributed Antenna System. And first, they're saying that it's just more 4G, but what they're really doing is riding on it 5G. So it's like 4G, 5G DAS, Distributed Antenna System. And the reason they're doing it that way is that they want to be able to claim to municipalities and other governments that this is really just the same thing that you've already had, but... They don't want to have to apply for new permissions for something that is completely, utterly, totally different than anything that's ever been deployed in the entirety of human history. Indeed, 5G deploys such extraordinarily wide broadband that if you took all of the radio, TV, microwave radiation, every every kind of transmission that's ever been transmitted in the entirety of human history and put it together, 
5G would exceed it. And this has never been tested on people at all. Of course it's been tested on people. It's been tested on people since, it's been tested on people since 1927. It's been tested on human breast milk and on people and on animals and on plants since 1927. And that big lie that it's never been tested came out of the mouth of none other than FCC chair, former FCC chair, Tom Wheeler. And he did that, and he said, oh, and we're not going to test this either, so that every little activist would go out there and say, oh, it's not been tested, oh, it's not been tested. Excuse me, 25,000 studies. It's been tested. It's been established as real science, established, known science since in the U.S., since the 1950s that this is a hazard. And in England, they were using Wi-Fi, same wavelengths, same intensities, same modulation characteristics. They were using, in England, for confession extraction. That means torture since the 1950s, since the Korean War. So let's not talk about this not being tested. Excuse me. It's been tested over and over and over again. Many people have been tortured. Many animals have been tortured. Plants have been tortured. Sorry to then get angry, it, but that, how that was a lie. how is able to be allowed? Um, well, for one thing, because, for example, um, in, insofar as we want to look at cancer or other long-term effects, right, cancer is federally allowed. Cancer death is federally allowed. Like, cancer is... A risk, they say. Cancer, you know, one in a million deaths from cancer is perfectly acceptable. What if you get, if you got only one in a million, right, and we've got over 300 million people, that, that means that over 300 deaths from cancer is totally acceptable by law in the U.S., right? And not just cancer deaths, if cancer, one in a million cancer deaths are acceptable, then an infinite number of cancer incidences, that means people sick from cancer, are acceptable. In other words, there's nothing prohibiting something causing cancer except in one state, and that's California. California specifies that it has to, you know, label things that are carcinogenic for its public. In California's constitution, it has to provide for the safety of people, right, which the U.S. Constitution doesn't do. Constitution uh, supposedly allows you to hold or own a gun, but many, many people in our society, such as babies, children, and elders, can't use a gun. They don't know how to use a gun. They may not have one, right? I don't have one, personally. Um, but that's the only way that you can protect yourself with a gun. That won't protect you against any of this kind of weaponry. Right. So it, that's just looking at cancer well, alone. But is, is there any way to protect yourself from this? Yes. Uh, first of all, get rid of all wireless devices, right? I don't know. I've never owned a cell phone. People say, well, I'm dependent for my workplace upon it. Well, then, here, here's a challenge for you, okay? You're going to go to your workplace and say, you know, this is actually a harmful device. It's even admitted in the paperwork for this particular device that it's not safe, okay? So, therefore, I can't be forced to use an unsafe device for work. Therefore, I'm asking you to accommodate me in doing something different at work so that I don't have to do this. Um, and people can use other arguments, too, because, uh, for example, um, in France, it was found that employers were contacting employees at times other than work times. They were contacting them perhaps even around the clock. And, of course, that happens all the time in this country and all over the world as well. And the French people said, said we object. 
We're here working for you already eight hours a day. The rest of those hours are ours, not yours. And so the French government agreed and put that into law. Yeah, an employer may not contact an employee outside of work hours. So everyone in the world, first of all, has a right to that. So if the employer comes to you and says to you, well, yeah, but what if I need to contact you at 8, 8 p.m.? You have to say, I'm not working at that time, you know, I'm, and I'm not required. You know, that's not my work time. And then um, find other ways of doing it. Look, corded Internet. Everybody had corded or wired Internet uh, who had Internet 15 10 to 15 years ago, it's not abnormal, and it's far better than Wi-Fi, right? It works better, it's faster, more efficient, it doesn't get spotty when there's a heavy rainstorm or snowstorm, right, or or electrical storm. It works better. Yeah. Okay. You're convincing me. You are convincing me. (laughs) Yeah. So how come, why 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 were people convinced then? They see signs in some of their stores saying, cut the cord. Are you ready to cut the cord? Cut the cable? Come on. Are you ready to cut the cable? And so people, this, this became part of that internal psychological programming, and people fell for it. They saw it in stores. They saw it on their TV if they watch TV. By the way, I've, I believed since the time I was 17 that I should not watch TV, and Jolie got that message strong and clear in her early life as well. And that's perhaps why we... Are uh, why we think differently <laughs> than much of the population, right? Because we're not engaging in those things that have very subtle ways of entraining thought and, and compelling people to do things that they would never do if they understood the truth about those things. Right. I, li- I like that you use the word entrainment. Um, that basically is brainwashing. And another guest of ours recently Catherine Austin Fitz she used that word for the first time with us on for us on shadow citizen entrainment and yeah it, it, television yeah. is very much um uh, a purveyor of that right no one should have a television in a home especially not at home with children but not in any home it is right. very important to get rid of the TV. I mean, and TV is now digital TV, which means that if I came with my meter inside your home to measure it, and if you had a TV, that digital TV box is also deploying microwave radiation at you throughout your home without necessity. When anal- when TV was analog, that didn't happen. Okay, so all these different things that are in our homes, we've got the television, we've got these computers, we've got the Kindles, we've got our cell phones. All these Wait things. a minute. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and many, many people do have those devices that they've been entrained to purchase and waste their money and their lives and their brains and their health. And literally, it's it's not just wasting the time of life that you acknowledge sort of that has been passed in the usage of the device, right? What is lost also is the end of your life, and that's what people are not calculating because the devices are cutting more and more and more time off your life as you use them. Just as if you eat foods that um, are covered with nanoparticulates that came from geoengineering releases from planes, that's cutting off the end of your life too. And not just cutting off the end of your life. What it's meaning is that as that um, as you become older, you will be far less capable. It's cutting off your capability even when you're still alive. 
So when you calculate in the loss of capability before you die, and then you know that it's also making you die early, right? A day, a month, a year, five years, ten years. In some cases, these things are cutting off 30, 40 years of a person's life. How, and, and then you paid to buy that thing? multiple times over so you can have a brand new version. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. I got rid of my TV when my kids were still in my belly. My kids are 12 years old now. Wow. And I have Yay. had a TV in my house since then. And I, I agree that talking to people that do have TV, and I don't want to try to alienate half the people listening to this show, but it is a very different experience. And you wouldn't recognize it until maybe you, if somebody just tries this maybe for a few weeks to try to cut down on TV or maybe if you watch five hours, go to two hours. And if you go to then go to two hours, to kind of wean yourself off of it. Or you could just do cold turkey like I did and throw your TV in the front yard <laughs> and then just deal with it. And you'll, you, you'll feel the, um, you know, like when you quit smoking, you're going to feel that for about three, four days, like you're just going agitated, but then you're going to feel a lot better. You'll feel freer. You'll have time. You'll think, wow, I could do other things with my time. What did I used to do? What did I used to want to do when I was a kid? Now I can do it. Yeah, it is true. Mm -hmm. But coming back, we're going to go to our next hour pretty soon. I want to get back to Rhode Island's geoengineering bill and talk about that and also talk about um, – the the stuff with the DOD and why all these these things are now getting clombed up in um, the intelligence committees. Why is that happening? Because does it have to do with our military? It must. So that's what we're going to talk about the other half of this show. We're coming up on the halfway mark here. Um, in the meantime, though, Jolie, why don't you let everybody know the websites people should be going to again? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, uh, you can go to zerogeoengineering.com to get involved in your state or in your nation. We're up on seven countries so far, um, but this is really um, type of legislation that should be imposed everywhere. Um, and uh, there's a lot of great websites that you could go to. We're working with uh, Suzanne Marr at Bye Bye Blue Sky and Pam Jones. Um, and uh, we are working with um, many activists across the country who are pushing this legislation, so I'd like to say thank you to everybody who's doing that, because we have people in Maine and California, uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida. Um, Excellent. So we're very hey, right on. I just want to refer, may I just refer people to also scientists for Wired Tech? Scientists for the number four, Wired Tech. Okay, and when we come back after this, we'll talk about that again, Aunt Jolie, no problem.
hope people support American Freedom Radio, and I hope people vote with their dollars and really understand the value of having American Freedom Radio, because that's my family. If you love me at all, Jack Blood, support American Freedom Radio. Like, my family has literally disowned me in American Freedom Radio. Danny and Don and those guys, those are my actual family. So please, please support these guys because they have all the technology. They have all these great things that they're going to do. But obviously, they can't do it all by themselves. So not only would I like to see you support them, I'd like to see you retweet them and repost them and really get involved and get on the, the bandwagon, so to speak, on doing that do-it-yourself promotion because they're a do-it-yourself radio network and, uh, and, and we just need that so much. Did you know there are 3 million edible food plants on Earth and none have the nutritional value of the hemp plant? HempUSA.org offers you hemp protein powder. It does not contain chemicals or THC, is non-GMO, and is 100% gluten-free. Hemp protein powder burns fat, builds muscle, contains 53% protein, and feeds the body the nutrients it needs. Call 888-910-4367 and see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. HempUSA.org introduces three brand new detox formulations of micro plant powder. Brain Fuel for depression, bipolar disorders, and stress. Total Care, anti-cancer agent that cleans the liver and organs and increases memory. Rejuvenate, invigorates and heals the body, mind, and spirit. These products are your alternative to pharmaceuticals. Call 888-910-4367 and like us on Facebook. We ship worldwide only at HempUSA.org. We all know that they're not telling us the truth. So stand up for your rights, demand the real medicine, and your right to use it and grow it. This is Rick Sensen, and you're listening to American Freedom Radio. And when we're not invading some sovereign nation or setting it on fire from the air, which is more fun for our Nintendo pilots, then... Then we're usually declaring war on something here at home. Have you ever noticed that about us? We love to declare war on things here in America. Anything we don't like about ourselves, we declare war on it. We don't do anything about it. We just declare war on it. It's the only metaphor, the only metaphor we have in our public discourse for solving problems, declaring war. We have to declare war on everything. We have a war on crime, the war on poverty, the war on litter, the war on cancer, the war on drugs. But you ever notice we got no war on homelessness, huh? No war on homelessness. You know why? There's no money in that problem. No money to be made off of the homeless. If you can find a solution, if you can find a solution to homelessness where the corporate swine and the politicians could steal a couple of million dollars each, you see the streets of America begin to clear up pretty quick. I'll guarantee you that. I will guarantee you that. You're listening to AmericanFreedomRadio.com, the network who perseveres in delivering intelligent debate, constructive dialogue with true independence. The freedom to broadcast the truth is not free at all. So what is American Freedom Radio worth to you? The empowering information with fun, honest and pure integrity behind it provides an example to follow. Friendships to flourish with the moral altruism that pulls no punches. The hosts sacrifice and show remarkable discipline in their duty to deliver quality radio and service to the community with strength, wisdom and loyalty. The founders of AFI wish to thank you personally for sharing your views and insights to make the best radio and alternative media. Now it's time for you to give something back and play a vital role in the future of America. Be as generous with us as we've been with you. Click on the donate banner at AmericanFreedomRadio.com 
or volunteer by emailing American Freedom Radio at ymail.com. Vaccine, psychotropic drugs, and artillery batteries not included. No rules. No rules. No taboo topics. No taboo topics. No fear of doom. No fear of doom. We are. We are. American Freedom Radio. American Freedom Radio. Hello and welcome, independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind. Shadow Citizen. Your hosts, Rachel L. McIntosh and Rob Bosell. All right, okay, we're back for the second half of our Shadow Citizen show this week. And we're talking to Diane, Jolie Diane and Susan Clark, both of which have worked very hard on the Rhode Island bill on geoengineering. It's H6001. And I'm so happy both of them have returned um, to speak with us because last week when I had them on, um, we had horrible internet problems and I'm a little bit suspicious that that might have happened on purpose to tell you the truth. I don't really want to go too deep down that rabbit hole, but I'm getting my stuff uh, looked at this week to make sure because this is the second time uh, this happened to me right before a very kind of important interview. And I think the information that's coming out with uh, Jolie and with Susan Clark is really important the public to hear. Um, so I want to pick up right where Jolie had left off. She was t- giving us some information about a website. She was really important for her to share it with us. Jolie, why don't you go right ahead and tell us that website again? Hey, okay. Um, yes. Um, a couple of the websites that are good, besides um, Scientists for Wired Tech, as Susan said, scientistsforwiredtech.com, and then another good site is parentsforsafetechnology.org and what is 5g.info and uh, also 05g.com as well as 0geoengineering.com. Um, and so those are a few places that you can start and do some research. And uh, you were talking about the DOD before, Rachel. Yes. Yeah, I really um, want to get into that because – like we both of you have said, this has been going on for a really long time, and there's been some sort of, I don't know, some sort of mind manipulation that's going on to make people feel like the people that are talking about this are somehow crazy, and they're not crazy because it's a true thing that's been happening. But there's been this concerted effort to kind of silence conversation about this, and just now. Just this past year, I've noticed people talking more and more freely about it. And I think it's important that people do use the right terms. You mentioned in the first hour, the term people should use is geoengineering and not chemtrails. Right. You want to use weather modification, geoengineering, solar radiation management. Um, and, and what we're looking at in 
is a, a psychological operation because at the end of the day, this is a military operation. We're face-to-face with the military-industrial complex. And I just want to read you the 11 uh, agencies that are in this S-141. You know, you mentioned that it was in the Intelligence Committee. Well, here's the, here's the people on the committee, some of them. We got the CIA, NOAA, DOD, NASA, NSF, Department of the Interior, FAA, Office of Science and Technology and Policy, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Energy, Department of Transportation, and Department of State. So that is a, that is the organizing principle, the military industrial that I think, you know, we finally come face to face with. Because as you said, it's been very confusing for people to understand what's going on with the climate. You know, the only people think you know, people unfortunately think, oh, it must be my fault. It's, it's probably my fault about climate change, which is wrong. They've been doing weather modification um, for so long. And I just want to point out something from the original um, document that I wanted people to look at with the National Science Foundation. And they say in this thing, uh, they talk about the consequences of these programs and, you know, they had problems with the weather and climate modification and uh, liabilities in 1916. I'm trying to pull this thing up. So it's not, they talk about 1930s experiments, weather and climate modification or rainmaking, you know, with cloud seeding. And so it talks about in this article, in this document rather, in 1916, San Diego's employment of a rainmaker resulting in claims of loss of life and property damage of a million dollars anticipated by half a century of litigation and state and local legislative action of today. So this was written in 1965, and they were talking about rainmaking liabilities and damage, property damage from 1916. So, yeah, you're exactly right. People are not familiar with this science and technology. Um, I'm certainly just learning about it, really. Uh, but that's what we have to look at because at the end of the day, they're spending our money. The taxpayer money is getting spent in S-141. As you mentioned, H.R. 353 already was signed by Trump. And that one is the um, the Weather Research and Forecasting Innovation Act of 2017. That's HR 353, and in that they do mention the um, uh, the Department of Defense weather forecasting activities. So you can just imagine what are the weather forecasting activities? Well, geoengineering is rebranded. However, the DOD decides, and that's, again, these agencies that I listed off, they're very organized, they're very well-financed, and they have a plan to own the weather. And so, yeah, this is what we're talking about, and that's why the bill from Rhode Island is an opportunity for regular people and our legislators to uh, say absolutely not. We, You know, in fact, you are liable. Because, again, let's go back to 1916, when there was a million dollars of claims resulting in claims of loss of life and property damage. So that's, I think, you know, what we're doing is, is putting the roadblock in there with this system, this HR6011, uh, rather, 
the Geoengineering Act of 2017. So, yeah, I'm really excited that Susan can be here with us to kind of break that down because, you know, she brought so much to it in terms of, you know, what we needed to target to protect um, human life from the electromagnetism. Great. Now, can um, Susan, yeah. can you please tell us about how the electromagnetism, because I think people have a hard time appreciating that electromagnetism and the stuff they're seeing in the, the sky is all the same, the same sort of thing, the same yeah, process. It, it's, you know, it's even hard for us to wrap our brains around it, right? But it is true. And by the way, I did want to point out, as Jolie said, this is Bill 6011. You had actually given an incorrect number when I was muted back then, so I couldn't say. But um, it's um, geoengineering involves uh, often mostly large-scale changes to Earth's atmosphere. And those changes can be uh, chemical agents or the addition of chemical agents. It can be the additional addition of um, electromagnetic radiation contamination. Uh, so it, it can be either chemical or physical and also biological or transbiologic. So there are lots of different things that are added to the atmosphere in a variety of ways, either ground-based or air-based um, and in other ways. So when we, when we, Jolie and I, try to get our brains around uh, the electromagnetic part of it, of course it's harder because it's invisible, it's impalpable to most people, or when they do feel it, they don't realize that that's what they're feeling, you know, that it's man-made microwave radiation uh, in many cases. So... I think that the key is understanding that um, as the atmosphere has lines in it that are, in a sense, drawn, right, by uh, plane releases, and and let's suppose that the that those lines contain um, a high concentration of metals, such as aluminum nanoparticulates or other or larger particulates. What results is the capacity to carry communication signals across the upper atmosphere. And this has been known as a military technology, a way of communicating outside the realm of ground-based radio and wireless communications otherwise. So it's, it's a kind of strange thing. I mean, also, keep in mind that satellites are up there um, looking down at Earth in with something stronger than eagle eyes. Um, I once knew someone who was working in satellites, um, and this satellite technology is just beyond my comprehension even, the, the fact that the types of things can be seen from a satellite uh, that those of us with any um, eye impairment such as you talk about or vision impairment um, can't even see it here at ground level right right in front of our faces right, right. Um, <laughs> so um, it, it's pretty extraordinary and however uh, satellites use different kinds of wavelengths or frequencies in order to get from that altitude down to ground or even below ground in some cases they use um, you know, normal visible light frequencies and also infrared, far infrared and close infrared because they often have to get through fog and cloud 
and sometimes clear atmosphere, right, to get to ground. So uh, consider what happens then if you have a sky that's covered, that's absolutely covered with metallic particulates and a satellite's trying to get through that. It's much, much harder for the satellite because most of those frequencies that are used can't get through a thick layer of metal. So one thing that militaries do is to cover the sky with metals when they don't want a foreign satellite to see what they're doing on the ground. Let's suppose a whole lot of troops were being deployed, say, from out of Long Beach, California, to go to some Middle Eastern country um, and, you know, and, and the U.S. military doesn't want other governments to know about it. Well, they cover the sky with these metals and um, make the ground much less visible. Uh-huh. But that's interesting yeah. because because I used to work for a defense contractor and I was in marketing and during I was it was during when we first were going into Iraq and I remember seeing the images of Iraq the satellite images and you could see little you could see the the trails like as a grid pattern all the way up to the actual borders the actual border of Iraq you could see it covered with these grid grid marks. And I, I remember sitting at, at work going, wow, wow, I wonder what the heck that's all about. And somebody said, oh, they're just trying to block the satellites. Mm-hmm. So what you just said is true. That's true. Wow. Now, I know this, what's going on. I read this article in the National Law Review. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the very last se- sentence, or the la- very last part of this um, story says that, Uh, We predict a growing need for geoengineering experts as well as law firms to draft weather modification contracts, represent weather contractors in adverse weather liability suits, as well as ensure fair competition among the weather contractors. And this is from last year, early, well, about this time last year. So this is from the National Law Review, and they're talking about, and the name of the article is, Cloud Seeding, Make It Rain, Make It Stop, Monopoly on the Weather by Annie Dick Dyke. Um, so lawyers know that this is going on, too. And these big businesses, like you said, are are in business to do this. And just the normal people are are not aware that this is even happening. So I think it's really good that the states get together to get their heads around how this business is going to be conducted in their states. Right, or not, right? And how right. it's going to be either stopped, banned, regulated, right? Because these businesses want to get in here, get a foot in the door before there's any regulation. Of course, that's what they've been doing in a sense since 1916, right? There's been geoengineering going on, and perhaps even earlier, obviously, um, without any control. Yeah. Now, should there be like an air, air traffic control organization for this sort of stuff? Obviously, in Rhode Island, we're saying you're going to tell us what your intent is. You're going to tell us what you're going to be spraying, and you're going to tell us it's not going to hurt people. Now, should there be an organization or some sort of master control that says, okay, this is happening in Massachusetts, which is only 15 miles away over here, and we're in Rhode Island doing this, how can – how can they get their head around how this is going to impact the planet if we're this close and everybody's doing it? Well, it's a military operation. And I just, 
I wanted to, to go back to what the electromagnetism factor in geoengineering and uh, point out a um, document that's important for people to look at regarding DOD management issues related to shaft. And this is a 1998 document uh, commissioned by uh, Senator Harry Reid, uh, the Governor Governor Accounting Government Accounting Office. And in this document, it talks about shaft, and shaft is um, it's uh, aluminum uh, with uh, coated glass fibers. Um, it's it's uh, used because the electrical conductivity is important because shaft absorbs and reflects electromagnetic energy to create a radar echo. So there it is. Military <laughs> operations, and then it goes on in this report, which you can find at the website, uh, to talk about the non-compliance issues in terms of air quality. And they say they spell it out in black and white. They say. Air quality issues addressed in the report include the potential for, one, noncompliance with national air quality standards due to the release of significant quantities of particulates, two, release of hazardous air pollution emissions, and three, visibility impairment. So uh, this report takes into consideration the Clean Air Act. So, you know, they know in 1998 that they couldn't comply and they've been able to hide these things because it's, you know, they've been able to hide it under research um, and weather uh, modification. It was, it was called for a long time. And see, we haven't been calling out weather modification. We've, you know, we didn't know what these programs were. So um, that, that's what's kept us, you know, um, kind of from getting any traction until now when we have a definition for these programs and we're going to target them as pollution emitters. Okay. Um, so we've, we're going to target them as pollution emitters. Is there any, for instance, like I said, Rhode Island is very small, 15 miles away, and if you go to your left 15 miles, you're in Massachusetts, excuse me, Connecticut. If you go to your, if you go straight ahead up top, you're going to be in Connecticut or Massachusetts is straight above us and Connecticut's to our left. Um, what can we do to protect ourselves from the stuff that's going to be filtering in from those states? Well, one thing that the bill does, it, it talks about um, airplanes that or other aircraft that would be flying over the state of Rhode Island. So any of that airspace is considered to be relevant under this or to fall under this bill. Um, if passed as an act. So that in that way, even if an aircraft wants to, you know, go from Connecticut through Rhode Island into Massachusetts and off to the ocean, um, that requires a license through Rhode Island. And what that might force is an airplane to go from Connecticut over to Massachusetts directly instead, um, in which case, Massachusetts might start to recognize that, hey, you know, we're getting contaminants that were supposed to have been over Rhode Island. We don't like this. <laughs> so go ahead, Massachusetts. Send this junk back to Rhode Island, Island where it belongs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that um, I, I just wanted to mention, too, that going back through history, as Jolie has been doing, I mean, this has been going. This has been going on. It has been conceived so far in the past. 
This is not new. This doesn't need experimentation. They can call things experimentation. They can say, oh, we need research, and everybody backs that. Oh, sure, we need research. We need more science. No, no. Where you already know that something is a hazard, you don't go out and then use that hazard, deploy that hazard, to use the correct word, um, upon the public, right? And you and so this is known to be a hazard and cannot be deployed or used for research. Um, by 1965, you know, publicly, the effects of, say, microwave radiation were very well known, especially the neuro effects. And so by 1968, there was actually an amendment to the Public Health Service Act. It was actually October 18, 1968, that stated that the public must be protected against the radiation emissions of electronic products. And that stands to this day. So that means that anything, any electronic product, um, large or small, <laughs> right, deployed within our homes or outside or from cell towers or whatever, technically we have the right to be protected against those emissions. Um, um, I would point out also that in uh, 1991, IEEE, again, that's an industry group, right, the uh, Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, um, was hired by FCC to produce um, public exposure guidelines for the public. And they looked at, per their own word, um, t some 20,000 studies. Now, you don't get 20,000 studies unless something is really, really, really well studied, you know, and unless yeah. there's really something happening. You know, if you don't see effects, you're not going to get anybody, either governments or private people, investing <laughs> in looking at the effects, right? So here, 20,000 studies out of that time, nearly 25,000 now. Um, and just before they did their review, there was a special public health science committee convened under the Bush administration to do a review of radiofrequency radiation bioeffects. Um, and I know one of the persons who participated in that, that was Dr. David Ozanoff, formerly the chair of, the, the, of all of Boston University's School of Public Health. Uh, very fine scientist, uh, very well-rounded, and a person who knew uh, high-level mathematics and radiofrequency radiation and many, many other uh, areas of science very, very well as the chair of that department. Well, it turns out that that committee was gagged by the Bush administration at that time and told not to reveal their conclusions, which were that, yeah, this is really harmful. This is a hazard. So they were gagged. Anyway, now the industry comes out through IEEE to do a new review of the literature. And guess what they concluded? This is a hazard. And they created what they called a hazard threshold. They said, well, it's a hazard, but below this level, like, not much occurs, really. Well, it turns out that at what, um, amongst the 120 studies that IEEE chose to prove its hazard threshold, consider it like a line in the sand. There were actually 15 studies that showed harm at levels of lower intensity than that. And then they said, well, we built in a 10% safety factor. So, you know, really we, you know, we, even though, um, you know, we say that the hazard threshold is here, we're it really, you know, we're protecting the public by, you know, 10 times better than that. But guess what? Amongst their 120 studies, Three of those studies that they chose to pick to choose, I mean, to choose to prove their hazard threshold 
showed harm at lower, lower levels than that. And since that time, since the early 90s, many more studies have come in showing harm at lower and lower and lower intensities. And especially so because when you add modulation, when you add other parameters that increase the harmfulness of the radiation, you see that there is no safe level. It's a hazard to everyone. So even the industry acknowledged hazard as far back as 1991, and, and technically before that too, because uh, there were government groups acknowledging the harmfulness uh, in the West, uh, you know, by the 1950s, and actually, again, using radiation very, very similar to school Wi-Fi for torture, for confession extraction. Um, in 1997, uh, an FDA, sorry, uh, yeah, FDA, Food and Drug Administration um, researcher uh, Howard Basson investigated uh, medical device interference, and he found that many people had been, you know, thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of people had been injured, at least by medical device interference because when you have a signal coming, let's say, from a cell tower for a cell phone or Wi-Fi or this or that, of course, Wi-Fi didn't exist at that time, but it was many other signals, um, this radiation could suddenly stop a wheelchair and a person could be thrown out of it, and that did happen many times. People ended up bruised with their noses broken and such, uh, and those things were reported upon. Um, people's pacemakers would stop. Their hearing aids would squeal. Um, all sorts of medical device interference problems were noted, and he concluded that there had been tens of thousands of deaths already at that time from medical device interference. So look at what would happen then if municipalities and states actually did allow 5G to come in. There would just be unbelievable intense interference with medical device, devices, as well as with, as I said before, body parts, and particularly with insect pollinators' antennas, which are in the sizes of 10 of the wavelengths used for 5G. Okay. All right. So Sorry, that was a mouthful. I think we've, I think we've concluded that this is a, a horrible type of technology for the planet and for the people. Um what is yeah, right. the driving? Obviously, there's money behind this. There's got to be tons yeah. of money behind this to really keep pushing this forward. What is the end game for this type of technology? I know they're going to do the smart refrigerators and the, the smart meters and the smart everything, but and I've heard of this thing called the Internet of Things or the Internet of Everything. Um, what is the end game for this? It can't just be that so people can watch streaming movies on their cell phones faster. What's the end game? Or you mean, what is the purpose? Like, why are they do this? Right. And keep in mind, we always still have some choice to stop this. No one has to participate in this game, this fatal game. It's yeah. not merely Russian roulette. This is a hazard, and it will take out the entirety of the biosystem. Okay, so now is the time for people to say no to it, but what is certainly intended, as I mentioned earlier, is eco-genocide. And can I just chime in because um, the bill... Yeah, go ahead, Julie. 
was just, and this is totally related, the bill H.R. 353 that Trump has already signed clearly uh, in, in black and white says uh, part of it, research and development and transfer of knowledge, technologies, and applications to the National Weather Service and other appropriate agencies and entities, including the United States weather industry and academic partners related to advanced radar, radar networking technologies, and other ground-based technologies, including those emphasizing rapid, fine-scale sensing of the boundary layer of the lower troposphere and the use of innovative dual polarization phased array technologies. And that is what the CIA was referring to with their stratus, uh, SAI, stratospheric aerosol injection, which is a form of geoengineering. So it's the big guns. It's the big guns. And at least, you know, we're having a conversation. You know, that's what the great thing is. We're having a conversation because a lot of people just thought, oh, climate change, it's my fault. No, it's not our fault. They're, they're controlling the weather. They're owning the weather. And we're part of the experiment. It's absolutely unacceptable. And, yeah, so, I mean, we're taking steps in, in, in Rhode Island. We're bringing up the conversation, like, nationally and internationally. So it's fantastic. Can I ask a question? You know? Since you've said that, sure. just that made me think about this. If they are trying to convince people that they are doing all of this geoengineering for the benefit of cooling the planet or saving us from, you know, climate change, is it possible that they, yeah, is it possible that they actually warmed the planet up on purpose? Absolutely. And the time, and the, the, the correlation of climate problems is exact. The industrialization. I mean, our problems with the climate have been just increased dramatically because it includes pollution. I mean, it's, you know, emissions pollution from electromagnetism. And aerosol pollution emissions, um, and exhaust uh, emissions from the aircraft and geoengineering. Right. So, you know, imagine eliminating these pollutions. You know, not saying greenhouse gas. Water is a greenhouse gas, water vapor, and and our our breath is certainly not a pollutant. How about instead we go after the real emissions pollution polluters, the emissions that we can see. I mean. You know, it's sad that people think that the air they're breathing out is toxic, but they think that what's coming out of an airplane is just water vapor. Right. Um, now, this brings me back to this experiment that was very publicly announced from Harvard, um, where they want to uh, simulate a volcano exploding by putting sulfuric acid into the air, and that's supposed to... What I, I don't understand it, but they're saying that putting the sulfuric acid into the air will cool off the planet. And to me, it just, I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. That doesn't seem like a smart thing to do to put sulfuric acid. Well, it's, you know, it's a trick. And, yeah. and we got a hint of that trick long ago when, um, you know, someone who was working for the airlines, um, revealed some things early on in the, I think, the early 2000s about the intentions of mil- the military industrial, military intelligence industrial complex, as Eisenhower actually penned his original speech, military intelligence industrial uh, complex, um, you know, about these intentions. Um, this person 
went into a high-level meeting at which he had to promise that he wouldn't reveal anything, and he actually did afterward, thankfully. Um, and uh, the airlines were proposing that the uh, commercial, sorry, the, the military industry people were proposing that commercial airliners be fitted with um, extra sprayers so that they could release some extra chemicals too, like military jets. And the people from the various airlines um, were asking many questions about this, and one of the pressing questions was, well, what are the chemicals that you want to release? And they said, well, that's proprietary. You know, we classified information. We can't give you that. And then someone asked this person who reported on, well, why can't you? And the answer was, quote, because environmentalists would protest, unquote. So if environmentalists would object, it's because it's harmful to biological systems. So what they're doing is calling things falsely experiments where they know that there will be harm and they know approximately what the harm will be. They're just doing them intentionally. So they use the word experiment as a cover for what they really intend to do, which Mm -hmm. is to create widespread harm to living organisms. Right. Now, I know that there's been like about a dozen new cloud types introduced to the to, to the world idea of what clouds look like, and I think they call them homogenetics. Is that true? I, I, it's like a dozen different, some of them look like, like waves, other ones look like bulby, like just really globules in the sky, other ones that, they're, so I'm thinking of my kids in school, they're learning about weather, and they're learning the cloud types, and they're doing their quizzes and tests about this, but they're literally announcing there's a dozen new cloud types that are all man-made clouds. And yeah, yeah. go ahead. Made of aerosol pollution, and we know what's in it. It's aluminum, barium, strontium, sulfur, um, biologicals. I mean, there's all kinds of things in it, and we know it's harmful, and that's the thing. And it's a form of abuse, and that's the thing. We're so used to being abused, you know, yeah, we yeah. think somebody like David Keith, a professor, you know, this professor, that professor, PhD. Yeah, this guy thinks that the planet's too warm. Well, hang on, the planet doesn't. See, it's a, it's complex. The planet's not all one temperature, and then it goes up a degree. And this is where they're depending on people not to ask questions like photosynthesis. I mean, we need the sun. We need the sun for our plants, and we need it for you know health. And you look at the correlation of when they really started these programs back, you know, ramping them up in, in the 90s, um, huge increase in depression, right? Right. Huge increase in depression. Um, you know, and then you take a pill for it. And then the pharmaceuticals get rich, you know. And so, I mean, this has been a handoff through generations. And, you know, going back, what's the end game? It's the Agenda 21. They want one world carbon dictatorship. And they're, you know, trying to brainwash people into thinking that it's our fault that there's a problem with the climate when actually it's just methods of pollution and environmental warfare being waged by the military industry and hidden behind a cloak of S-141 or HR-353 just so they can have financing for these programs through 2028, I think it is. Right. So, I mean, they obviously know 
they obviously know what's going on. Monsanto has already developed a seed that can be planted that is aluminum resistant. Why why would they do that? Why would they do that unless they knew there'd be a lot of aluminum in the soil? Yeah, if you want to own the market, you just get rid of the competition. So they get rid of the organics, and then, ha-ha, we have the seeds you need. And guess what? Yeah, yeah they're aluminum-resistant, like you said. So, yeah, I mean, Bill Gates, really, I mean, for environmental pollution, that would be one person that's responsible for the damages. I mean, how many millions has that guy invested, you know? But he didn't make up the programs. Again, these programs have been going, you know, for decades and decades, and it's just up to us now that we figured out what's going on and this massive increase in, in health problems. You know, yeah. here's, here's a couple things. If we eliminate this kind of pollution and fine it heavily, you know, and, and going for war, war crimes too, if you fine for war, you know, just a, you know, we're going to be finding our own, you know, federal government. But again, it's like, we have to stand up. Nobody can have liberty if we're getting geoengineered or 5G. Right. You know, or now, magnets. We can't have them. Right. Right. You brought up a term that many people listening to this show probably are aware of, but for the new people that are kind of coming on board with this, you said Agenda 21. What's Agenda 21? Agenda 21 was signed by George Bush Sr. in 1992. And it's a plan for world governance with the UN. And, you know, Al Gore, it's built on the carbon myth. You know, they've kind of demonized carbon and they built a whole infrastructure and grid, as you were saying, the Internet of Things. And so, I mean, basically it's just the, the game that's been going on for, for decades and centuries. You know, you have this um, organizing component, the 1%. And their investment is getting rid of the rest of us, you know, making life very hard for us with war and stuff. And uh, there was a paper written, How to Wreck the Environment, uh, written in 1966 by Ph.D. Uh, Gordon McDonald. And, yeah, so the very idea of destroying the the planet, you know, this is a way to wage war and you don't have to have any – you know, it's plausible deniability because, hey, it's just Mother Nature that was the earthquake there or the tsunami there or the hurricane there. You know, but meanwhile, we have this research for hurricanes and tsunamis in H.R. 353 and S-141 with the space weather. So, yeah, it's, it's very organized. And um, no one up until this point has gotten the opportunity to call it out and name the abuse, name the problem, and then further to make demands of this. You know, hang on a second. You know, what are you doing, military-industrial complex? You know, you don't have any legitimacy. Okay, so this is what you're saying. So Rhode Island's H, now I want to make sure I get this right, H6011. That's the bill, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're saying that that bill, then little old Rhode Island, if that passes, that will be the first one in the country to pass that would be able to, the idea is that other states around Rhode Island and hopefully around the world will start passing this sort of legislation to be able yes. to get a witness on what's going on and push back against this Agenda 21. Isn't it called something else now, too? Agenda, uh, Agenda 2050. Um, yeah. And, and you can look up the map for UN Agenda 21 in 2050 now. 
Um, yeah, because Agenda 21 is 1992 language. And you can actually listen to the speech that was given by G.W. Bush on September 11th, 1991. You can just YouTube it. And he talks about a new world order. And basically, he's releasing sovereignty of the United States. He's getting rid of sovereignty. Um, and this is when the lines were blurred, because in these documents for weather modification and owning the weather, you know, the military is collaborating with NATO. They're collaborating with the U.N. You know, hang on a minute. Where is our military? You know, they're, it's just an industrial machine. So, you know, again, that's why it's important that we're having this conversation now, because like Susan said, the world doesn't have to go down this road. You know, we can see that it's destruction. It's not acceptable for the young people and, you know, our families and this planet. You know, we're past the time when we need to have dictators. We can organize ourselves. And the first thing of shutting down these invasive technologies to comply with public health and safety standards and environmental standards, that's a reasonable thing that we should be pushing for, you know, and pushing back against this, you know, this invasive, harmful, reckless, unsafe technology. Right. Now, I know that in Rhode Island, because that's where I am, that's where I am, people probably don't know much about this. And I'm very glad we're having this conversation. I'm going to push this out all over the place on the Internet as far as I can. And I hope people that are listening, it's going to be shared on YouTube, Vimeo, and uh, SoundCloud, as well on BitChute. And I really hope people will pass this on once it's saved at those locations. It's also on American Freedom Radio, their archives, too. Um, I was thinking that just for just for the people of Rhode Island to get their head around this, what's the difference between a resolution, like say there was a revolution, excuse me, a resolution or a referendum where people could vote during the next election? It says something as simple as we, the people of Rhode Island and Providence plantations, object to any sort of geoengineering or use of its skies for, um, you know, the geoengineering or blah blah blah. Like, that would be something I think everybody in Rhode Island would sign. They wouldn't want chemicals dumped on them. They wouldn't want to be irradiated. It seems like that would be something that would at least get into all the papers, and people would be right behind that. Now, you've got this bill going on, which sounds fantastic, and I hope people support it, is H6011. And what's the difference between a resolution or referendum and the bill? Either one of you. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know uh, Rhode Island state government well enough to talk about those differences, but uh, because I've never lived there, um, but certainly you might want to do that. But even uh, a, a petition with the language that you just used, not as concerned citizens, no, don't go there, right? The people of Rhode Island, people who have their domiciles in Rhode Island, um, people who live and work in Rhode Island um, are the ones who should sign to say that they don't want geoengineering programs and that they support um, um, the 6011 um, and that it's even those, and I know there will be those, by the way, in Rhode Island who don't want the bill because they want to make a ton of money off of their own pet geoengineering program. We've already heard from some of them. Oh, really? Um, but, yeah, 
but and the amazing thing is that it's just making an equal playing field even for all of them because why should you be allowed to do your thing without getting a license to do it? Nobody can even get go out and get a massage unless that person, that masseur or masseuse, has a license. So why should you be able to go out in the ocean or above the, in the atmosphere and do something that has huge consequences without a license? Go get your license, and if if it's something that is beneficial and not harmful, you'll get your license. Right? There's a minimal fee for it, and then you'll be able to do it, right? What are you afraid of? But there are people who oppose it because they don't want it to even have to tell what they intend to do because they know it's harmful. They just want to make a buck. Right. And those are the people we've heard from already. Really? About how many of yeah. those businesses did you hear from? Just a handful, not even a handful. But okay. the fact that, that that has even come to our attention means they are out there. Right? So, wow. Um, but, I, but certainly the people of Rhode Island will much overwhelm that near handful and should, should definitely get together and start uh, signing with their real, raw, live signatures uh, and their municipality their um, support of the bill and their opposition to uh, geoengineering activities of all types um, that are harmful. Okay. So let's take this very basic. Now, Jolie, maybe this is your level of expertise, but either one of you can answer. Um, so if somebody's in Rhode Island, this is already on the table, this RI Bill H6011, should people go to the state house? Should they, you said to their local, could they go to town hall? Should they go to, where should they go? Or where should they call? That's a great question. The first thing that you can do is contact your assembly member, your representative. And if you come to zerogeoengineering.com to the take action, you can send a letter off from there. We've gotten lots of letters from Rhode Island and we, you, you contact your assembly member and you let them know your strong support for H6011. And, uh, you know, just a short note, we've also had um, friends of ours, activists, that have gone in and visited the Natural Resources Committee members and just gone and left a, a copy of the um, bill and just, you know, gone from office to office and said, you know, thanks for looking at this. I really support this strongly. And, you know, that... The bill has received incredibly strong support, so um, we just need to continue to do that. You can also hand out flyers. We'll send you some flyers, some business cards for zero geoengineering and zero 5G so that you can be the the person out front just bringing people's awareness to these issues and what they can do to be a part of derailing these invasive technologies and these pollution emissions. I, I just want to say they're in Rhode Island, more than any other state there is, a huge danger that may be overlooked and that really should be part of uh, perhaps uh, a legal document called a petition, a general petition. And that is that your governor has called for Rhode Island to be the experimental state for 5G. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so yeah. this is why, you know, we need to tie these two together, zero engineer, zero engineering, zero 5G. And when we put them together, then we win. And the bill is actually somewhat protective 
if they can pass the bill in time, but um, you've got to include that 5G part because otherwise they are really trying to shove that in um, in every neighborhood, on every farm. They want to actually put uh, what they call a small cell, but it's actually a real tower, a, small, a real cell tower with, in the sense of having real powerful antennas on every farm, in wildland, in forests, everywhere, ubiquitously throughout Rhode Island at ground level. So this is, an, in a sense, an atmospheric deployment from ground that is ground-based. And it would absolutely devastate Rhode Island's agriculture, its forests, coasts, fisheries, everything. It would be disastrous. Now, so, when you said our governor, she is a Republican. This is not what we're talking about is not a political issue. This is a health issue. However, I could see easily people getting hot under the collar because she's a Republican and she's pushing this. So, oh, I, I don't even look. I didn't even know what party she was, frankly. That's no, no, no. no I I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying you did that, but I can see people in Rhode Island because we are so polarized because of this past election and everything else. They're going to jump right away, and a lot of the Republicans will then now side with her just because she's like a singular Republican in government here in Rhode Island, which is usually Democrat. We're we're pretty Democrat. Um, well, state. the answer to that is this: if you pair zero engineer zero geoengineering with zero five G, then it's great because you've got a Republican who has sponsored six zero one one. That's so you've right. Republicans on both sides of this, one one for, one against, and, and then it doesn't really matter. Um, Good. I don't Thank personally you. engage in partisan politics at all, and this is not merely a health, quote-unquote, issue, right? This is a, a disaster. This is not just health. It is all life on Earth, ultimately, but to start, it's all life in Rhode Island is really threatened truly threatened, and I know people don't want to believe that, oh, it's, you know, uh, chicken little story, whatever. I, I know. I, mean, I, I uh, you know, have a, a strong scientific background. I don't know that you, you knew about my background, but I, you know, did 10 years at Harvard School of Public Health aiming toward a doctorate, which I didn't receive because of having to go out and help communities, and I simply didn't have the time anymore to complete that. But, uh, I have a very solid background in radiofrequency radiation bioeffects to the point that I was the person whom Harvard sent out to do lectures and debates and so forth in the public, um, on media and in communities. So if I were to say anything that were less than true, <laughs> I mean, I would just, I would suffer terribly, right? So I'm, I'm being accurate when I say Rhode Island is under threat by the governor to be made a mere experiment, which, of course, it's not, because we know what the adverse effects are uh, by this governor. And I don't care what party she is. I think right. many people don't care anymore yeah. which party health someone and safety. is. It's a health and safety issue, period, you know. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's my whole point. It's not merely health. It's not merely safety. It's not merely an issue. This is life on Earth. This is the biosystem. It's eco-genocide, and that's why it's, it's not just even a problem. It's a disaster brewing, and it has to be stopped, and it can be stopped. In Ohio, for example, 16 cities sued their state 
after the state of Ohio said, yeah, we really want 5G and Internet of Things here, right? And, uh, and other states and cities are starting to resist too. A hundred, over a hundred cities in California alone have said no to Senate 649, the California bill to bring in, to welcome in 5G and, and the Internet of Things. So it's possible. But okay, so must... I, I want to interrupt you. You said something very specific at the beginning of this whole thing. You said everybody in Rhode Island, they have to do a general letter or they have to do, you had a specific term that we were supposed to do against the governor. Yes. Well, I wouldn't say that it's against the governor personally or otherwise. Oh, no, about what it's, it's against the policy. Yeah. It's what against the policy. Right. Okay. And it so doesn't really matter. Yeah, tell me specifically. Who proposes that policy? But in fact, in um, a legal letter called yes. a petition, right? Um, yeah. You don't want to use the, any term like concerned citizens, right? Whiny concerned citizens, that's what they consider that to be, right? Both yeah. terms are uh, um, not helpful, okay, to say the least. And actually, the word concern gets your petition immediately dismissed out of the door. But uh, for other reasons, but you want a petition that states that this must not happen in Rhode Island, and that then uh, here are the reasons. You know, here are the scientific reasons why this must stop and not go forward. Okay, and that we will do that, and we will also also pass H six zero one one, and those two Yay. things should have us covered, right? Hopefully. You will do no. very well to get those in, you know, powerfully in, in. Now, once that happens, then you want to help other states to do the same thing so that Rhode Island has more power. And I just want to acknowledge this wonderful tiny state of Rhode Island as having had the courage way, way back when the U.S. Constitution was first being discussed. The little state of Rhode Island refused to sign on. Because That's there were right. no rights of persons in Rhode Island, right? And no, we are not going to do this until you have a Bill of Rights in here. And that is how all of us Americans, more than 300 million of us, actually have a Bill of Rights in the U.S. Constitution. It's thanks to Rhode Island. So Rhode Island, do it again. Yay, <laughs> you can. The most That's powerful, right. tiny state of Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, awesome. Now, listen, we've got maybe, I don't know, four minutes left. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Repeat some uh, websites that people could go to or, once again, dra drive home the point that, oh, here we go. I'm sorry. This is Okay, it, man. I, I just want to give this website. In. But nonetheless, How about I will put this all on the website for everybody, on the YouTube stuff. Thank you so much. I want to thank, thank our audience you. for tuning in. We'll be here next week. I want to thank our guests, Jolie Dawn and Susan Clark. Thank you both so very much. Thank, thank you. Shadow Citizen.
with Rachel L. McIntosh and Robo Cell. News and information you can trust. This is American Freedom Radio. Freedom, freedom, American Freedom Radio. Radio. American Freedom Radio. Nutritious food is real body armor. It builds muscle, burns fat, improves digestion, and feeds the entire body the nutrients it needs. Did you know the U.S. government banned the hemp plant from growing in the United States and classified it as a Schedule One drug to hide it behind the marijuana plant? People have been confused about this plant for over 80 years, and many still don't know what hemp is. So now you know hemp is not marijuana, and marijuana is not hemp. They are different varieties of the same species. Hemp U.S. USA.org wants the world to know these basic facts and to help people understand that hemp protein powder is the best kept health secret you need to know about. Remember, hemp protein powder contains 53% protein, is gluten-free, anti-inflammatory, non-GMO, and is loaded with nutrients. Call 888-910-4367, 888-910-4367, and see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. We all know that they're not telling us the truth. So stand up for your rights, demand the real medicine, and your right to use it and grow it. This is Rick Sensen, and you're listening to American Freedom Radio. Yo, what's up? Check this out. The voice of the revolution. American Freedom Radio. American Freedom Radio. Quality, value, style, service, selection, convenience, economy, savings, performance, experience, hospitality, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money back guarantee, free installation. Free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trial, and free parking. No cash, no problem, no kidding, no fuss, no must, no risk, no obligation, no red tape, no down payment, no entry fee, no hidden charges, no purchase necessary, no one will call on you, no payments or interest till September. But limited time only though so act now order today send no money offer good while supplies last two to a customer each item sold separately batteries not included mileage may vary all sales are final allow six weeks for delivery some items not available some assembly required some restrictions may apply so come on in come on in thank you come on in thank you so come on in. Come on in for a free demonstration and a free consultation with our friendly professional staff. Our experienced and knowledgeable sales representatives will help you make a selection that's just right for you and just right for your budget. And say, don't forget to pick up your free gift. A classic, deluxe, custom, designer, luxury, prestige, high-quality, premium, select, gourmet, pocket pencil sharpener. <laughs> Yours for the asking. No purchase necessary. It's our way of saying thank you. And if you act now, we'll include an extra added free complimentary bonus gift, a classic deluxe custom designer luxury prestige, high quality premium select gourmet combination key ring, magnifying glass and garden hose in a genuine imitation leather style carrying case with authentic vinyl trim. Yours for the asking, no purchase necessary. It's our way of saying thank you. Actually, it's our way of saying, bend over just a little bit farther. You're listening to AmericanFreedomRadio.com, the network who perseveres in delivering intelligent debate, constructive dialogue with true independence. The freedom to broadcast the truth is not free at all. So what is American Freedom Radio worth to you? 
The empowering information with fun, honest and pure integrity behind it provides an example to follow. Friendships to flourish with the moral altruism that pulls no punches. The hosts sacrifice and show remarkable discipline in their duty to deliver quality radio and service to the community with strength, wisdom and loyalty. The founders of AFI wish to thank you personally for sharing your views and insights to make the best radio and alternative media. Now it's time for you to give something back and play a vital role in the future of America. Be as generous with us as we've been with you. Click on the donate banner at AmericanFreedomRadio.com or volunteer by emailing AmericanFreedomRadio at Ymail.com. Vaccine, psychotropic drugs and artillery batteries not included. No rules. No rules. No taboo topics. No taboo topics. No fear of doom. No fear of doom. We are. We are. American Freedom Radio. American Freedom Radio. 